uh, uh, clan to to China. So so that also gives uh, uh, a high extension in, in exports. Unfortunately, we've run out of time, but thank you very much, Yanan. That's Yanan Wu, who's chairman of Zheng Rongbao up in Beijing. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. We're seeing another surge in U.S. stock index futures this morning in Asian trading. The uh, the Dow Jones futures are up about 300 points now, and the uh, the S&P 500 futures up over 1%. So not surprisingly, uh, Asian stock markets are also trending to the upside. The ASX 200 in Australia up almost 2%. In Japan, the Nikkei 225 has risen about 1.2% shortly after the open. Uh, the Cosby in South Korea is up 1%. Uh, and futures markets indicating that the Hang Seng is going to add close to 400 points at the open this morning in an hour's time. In the commodities markets, Brent crude oil is also firmer, trading at $40.13 a barrel. And gold is also about $3 higher now in Asian trading, $1,955 an ounce. US dollar slipping a little against the Japanese yen. It's at 103 and a quarter. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Stay tuned to Back Chats with Hugh Chiverton and Mike Rouse in just a moment. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. The weather forecast, mainly fine, dry during the day. Maximum temperature is going to be about 28 degrees. And the outlook is for it to be mainly fine and dry in the next few days. Slightly cooler in the morning and at night. Temperature right now, it's 23 degrees and it's 46% relative humidity. It's 8.31 and a half. Here's Samantha Butler with a half-hour news. The former U.S. President George W. Bush has congratulated Joe Biden on his election victory. But other senior Republicans have refused to acknowledge the result of the ballot. President Trump has continued to question the integrity of the vote, sending out another barrage of tweets claiming the vote had been stolen. He's provided no evidence to support his claim. Speaking on Fox News, the U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham urged Republicans to keep fighting. There's a lot of shenanigans going on here. If I were President Trump, I would take all this to court. I'd fight back. And from a Republican point of view, mail-in balloting is a nightmare for us. The post office is now the new election center. It's the wild, wild west when it comes to mail-in balloting. Everything we worried about has come true. The Democratic Senator Chris Coons, who's tipped to become Secretary of State in the Biden administration, was asked what he thought Donald Trump would do next. You know, I have no earthly idea. Um, My hope is that he will surprise us all uh, by making a gracious and appropriate transition to his successor uh, and returning to his private pursuits in business. And I'll simply leave it there. That is what I hope he does. Figures compiled by Johns Hopkins University in the U.S. show the number of coronavirus cases worldwide has passed 50 million. The United States still has the most recorded cases, with just under 10 million testing positive. India and Brazil are in second and third place. Over the past month, there's been a surge in the number of people testing positive, with the United States breaking its own record nearly every day last week. There's also been an acceleration in the number of cases in Europe. It's now reported 12 million cases, making it the worst affected region in the world. The president of Azerbaijan, Ilham Aliyev, says he doesn't see much prospect of peace with Armenia under its current leadership. But he said his forces would stop fighting immediately if Armenia withdrew from occupied territories surrounding the disputed enclave of Nagorno-Karabakh. Here's the BBC's Ola Guerin. Azerbaijan's long-time leader, President Ilham Aliyev, was sounding confident. He told us the opportunities for compromise are shrinking because Baku is reclaiming territories by force. 
President Aliyev said he didn't think there was any possibility for peace with the current Armenian Prime Minister, Nikol Pashinyan. He insisted that Armenian civilians would be able to remain in Nagorno-Karabakh and said any fears of ethnic cleansing were groundless. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chewett and your co-host today is Mike Rouse. Mike, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. Today, the chief executive's visit to the mainland and the US election. Well, the CE has returned from Beijing, where she said she went to put forward proposals to the Central People's Government to consider on a range of subjects which needed further discussion so that they could feature in the delayed policy address. She had said her main priority was reopening the border, but it seems now that it's not happening in the near future. The Chinese authorities required the city to clear all its community and COVID-19 infections first, according to a mainland source and local health expert. So what can we expect from this year's policy address? Is this a setback for Carrie Lam? Shenzhen last month was granted a full new set of policies allowing greater autonomy for its future economic and technological development. Is the opposite happening here? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us on 233 And after 9.15, we'll talk about the US presidential election. Uh, just before we get to our first topic uh, today, or maybe let's go Let's go straight into it, in fact. We're, we're joined in our, in our central studio by uh, Whitman Hung, who's a principal liaison officer uh, with the Hong Kong Shenzhen Shanghai Authority and a deputy to the National People's Congress, and Professor Ho Lok Sang, a senior research fellow in the Pan Sutong Shanghai Hong Kong Economic Policy Research Institute at Lingnan University. Uh, Professor Linda Lee from City University will be joining us later uh, after the news uh, at nine. Uh, Whitman Hong, good morning to good you. Morning, good Thank morning. you very much indeed for, for joining us once again. Um, what do you think of uh, Carrie Lam's visit to uh, Beijing? Do you think it was uh, successful? I've got to say the press report sort of painted as a bit of a failure because it didn't achieve its main objective. Your thoughts? Well, I obviously have no idea what her main objective was, so I can't comment on that. But... Um, I think it's essential that you know to 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 re um, open and regenerate Hong Kong's economy. I mean, we need to find you know new ways of growth, and with the GBA and with also the emphasis on technology and innovation, especially in the um, you know in the uh, 14th um, uh, five-year plan. I think it is um, you know of most importance for Hong Kong to have a closer collaboration with the GBA, the other cities in GBA. And I understand that uh, some of the things that she's trying to achieve is obviously uh, about more opening up to Hong Kong industries in the GBA, especially in Shenzhen. Um, if you, you know, read some of these uh, policies that was announced in the past few months, uh, including also President Xi's speech in uh, Shenzhen, um, there will be a series of new opening up, um, especially in the area of finance, and, and that, those will affect Hong Kong industry significantly. So I, I would th think that maybe that is what her main objective was, was to, you know, to confirm uh, some of these actual details in terms of launching such uh, new open uh, policies. What, what about the level of official that she met with uh, on this trip? Um, it all seemed to be rather at nuts and bolts level. Well, we need nuts and bolts. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> if you uh, the, 
there were several documents that's worth uh, reading. There was one, you know, issued by the People's Bank of China, the SAFE, and the TR, the other two, uh, uh, you know, legis- uh, no, uh, regulatory body in May last, uh, May this year. I thought the year's over. Um, you know, they were uh, talking about a lot of this. They were uh, there were like thirty items uh, of which is twenty six of substance um, for. Um, measures in finance to support the development of GBA, and there they right. actually describe a lot of things. Now, to get those level, uh, those, those things that at that level to be executed, you need nuts and bolts, you need detail. Right. But on our side, why, why didn't we have the relevant ministers? The Secretary for Financial Services. and uh, he, he was there, right? Yeah, but I mean, he, he, he's the one to do the nuts and bolts. We we didn't. Do we need our chief executive to do that level? Uh, I think that is uh, well. I think first of all, that means that she's you know really paying a lot of attention to it. Um, and secondly, if you think about it, with all due respect, Hong Kong yes is an SAR, but our chief, exec- chief executive is at the same level as a minister in the central government. Okay, there is just no doubt on that. I mean, Mike, you used to be in the in government. <laughs> you should know that. I know about the protocol stuff. Yes, I've so, benefited and suffered. And uh, if you look at all the other, I mean, for example, if Shanghai's uh, a mayor goes uh, to Beijing to ask for some new policies, uh, you know, he would go there uh, with his, you know, secretaries and then uh, meet with, uh, you know, various ministers or vice ministers, I mean, for that matter. And, and uh, I think... This time, uh, I didn't, you know, watch every single meeting they had, but I would think that was uh, she was greeted with, you know, attention and respect. Yeah, I mean, there used to be some almost an equality. Of course, the mayor of Shanghai doesn't uh, have its own, you know, um, doesn't have his own currency, doesn't have his own laws, uh, doesn't run a, a, a place with a high degree of autonomy like Hong Kong. Yeah, so that's why uh, she still was greeted by uh, uh, Han Zheng, right? Mm. Subsequently. Mm. But then Han Zheng can't, you know, spell out the details, okay? Uh, not even even the, the, the ministers. It will usually be actually one level below the deputy ministers. The, it will be the, the director generals, um, you know, and, and even a lower level to the directors who actually draft and, you know, approve such policies. Was there a photo call with Han Zheng at the end? Uh, yeah, there were certainly photographs of them uh, talking Yes, I on, think it was on the a, chairs. I think it was slightly different. From a from a photo call, yes, from from previous visits. Anyway, uh, just an impression. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, what what's striking, I guess, is is the way that um, yeah, Shenzhen has been given more autonomy, and and this kind of begging trip looks like the opposite. It looks like Hong Kong has been downgraded. Well, I I think um, you know I I I know people have been talking about that, but first of all. Uh, I do not see any way that Hong Kong have been downgraded. Now, what we're doing is, I mean, there was no intervention of what Hong Kong needs to do or wants to do on our side. But here we are asking for more opening to Hong Kong companies and people in mainland China, right? It's not, I mean, obviously they want to open as well. I mean, it's, 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 it's national policy to be more open. But then at the same time, we want, we want to be the first to grab the opportunity. So that's why we go over there. We, you know, we, are, we, we, we should be, um, you know, under, asking. Under SEPA, shouldn't we have most of these things already? Uh, not really. <laughs> well, 
Um, there were there were obviously a lot of uh, there was this, like I don't know thirteen or fourteen super uh, addendums. Um, there were a lot of things that were opened, but uh, in terms of finance, which was obviously the one the most important industry in Hong Kong, and obviously the most lucrative one, and and it has always been very um, you know uh, in, in, inside mainland has always been very cautious in opening up, uh, even with the limited. Things that they had opened, it was usually you know very slow and very selective. Um, but if you look at the new policies they are talking about, the um, the wealth connect right, allowing mainland people to buy Hong Kong wealth um, you know products, um, the insurance correct uh, connect allowing mainland uh, mainland citizen who had purchased the Hong Kong insurance to be able to be serviced inside mainland as and also even you know pay their annual fees. Uh, you know, these kind of things really means a lot to the particular industry, the finance industry in Hong Kong. Talk, talking of the finance industry, in, in finance industry, the the big news, of course, last week was the the knockback for the for the uh, Ant uh, IPO. Uh, what do you make of that? What what are the implications of that for for Hong Kong and for? I, I, I think there's not much implication to Hong Kong except that we, you know, there's one IPO that been stopped and the people, some people might have lost their money because of the margins they, they borrow. Uh, I didn't subscribe, but uh, I, I think what we... It, it, it's a very interesting area if you think about it. As you know, I'm one of the advocates for fintech and, you know, innovation and finance in the past. And, um, and obviously, the ant has been uh, been very innovative, and they've been doing a lot of things, and they've been very profitable. That's why they become so huge. But at the end of the day, we also we need to sit back and think about regulatory measures. I mean, there was a reason why we need regulatory bodies in finance, or for that matter, in taxes. It, it, it seemed to be that ant was pre- pre- presenting itself as a technology company with finance somewhere yeah these regulations seem to be saying no your finance uh with some technology change of emphasis yes that is perhaps was one of the debates and um and perhaps that you know if you look at what the announcement from the shanghai stock exchange is that after the meeting between the controllers of ant and the regulatory bodies um, they have decided that uh, you know uh, whatever they have uh, 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 declared and, and, and announced during their IPO may no longer be valid, and therefore they need to revisit the issue. Um, I think it is important, um, as I said, why we you know finance started. I think I don't know hundreds of years ago back in the Netherlands, right? When and then we have seen so many of these kind of problems when it gets you know a little bit over the line. And that's why we start to have regulatory bodies from the government to protect small investors, to protect the general public. Um, if you look at and I mean, one of the most uh, alarming things, obviously, is their gearing level, is the way they do not need to subscribe to, for example, uh, the, the liquidity uh, ratio, the Basel II, and all those things that all the other finance banking institutions need to have. Yet, their business is very similar. So... And, and the, obviously there was a reason why there was a Basel too, right? There, there was a reason why, why the banks and the regulators... I, I, know, I know what you're saying, but of course what was striking was that this was done in, at such short notice. This was done, you know, two days before the IPO or something. All these questions you'd have thought would have been 
solve well, that part i do not know uh, i mm. think um it, as i said um innovation is a new area i mean in there has been two mentalities um which is very different compared hong kong and the mainland um here in hong kong we always say let's move get the law first of it there's something new don't do it until we have a law until we have you know a, a very uh, concrete framework then we try to innovate so i was joking the other day on a uh, another uh, interview that that we like to do this thing like innovation within a box right we have a box uh, and it's all proven they call it a sandbox well the sandbox is actually already much bigger improvement but whereas in mainland um because they were um they were opening and reforming for the past 40 years they were always trying to into trying into new uncharted territories so their attitude was like, let's try to do it first. And then until it gets big, there's no worry about, you know, the, the impact. And, and then we will regulate when it gets bigger, when the impacts are bigger, and when more people are affected. If you think about, you know, the, 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 the sister company of uh, Ants, right, when they first started Alipay, that was a great area. You know, since when can uh, uh, when somebody without a banking license to accept, you know, deposits, right? You know, Whereas in Hong Kong, no, sorry, we wait till like three years to um, issue the stored value facility um, a license, the SVF. Actually, I was involved with a little bit in that. And then, then we allow people to apply for the license. Then we, it took us another, I don't know, nine months to approve the licenses. Then we have the PayMe's and the rest, the TNGs. So it's a different attitude. I can't say which one is better. Personally, I like the mainland one better because that means that we can we can try. You know, I always like you know try and error. I mean, our industry. Uh, you know, I came from the technology industry. Uh, I, I think there's no guarantee that everything will be successful. If you have to need, a, if you need a guarantee to innovate, you will never innovate. Mm. You know, people died before uh, we have aeroplanes. Okay. Um, you know, and 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 even many, uh, I, I visited a company a few years back in Guangzhou, which gets drone. They have drones carrying people, and one of them fell and killed two managers of the company. Very sad news. But then these are the people who pioneer and try out. And but the thing is, once they get the aeroplanes, then you start to know. Okay, let's have aviation authorities. Let's regulate the airplanes. You know, we don't create an aviation authorities before they were aeroplanes, right? So I think that's the attitude we should have towards innovation. In the case of Ant, maybe maybe they should have intervened a bit earlier. Maybe there was a lot of, you know, bargaining and negotiations. And finally, somebody pulled the plug and said, sorry, just can't get it. We can't do it. And uh, we can't wait till, until the IPO is successful. Okay. Then it's much better, worse. Yeah, it's, it's much more difficult to regulate it. Okay. Herlock Sang, good morning to you. Thanks for much indeed for joining us. What about what about the aspect of the the, the uh, li lifting uh, the border uh, traffic across the border? Um, a, a lot of press reports are saying that uh, Carrie Lam put that as her priority, uh, but she failed in that, uh, and that uh, that's a setback for for Carrie Lam. Uh, is that how you see things? Well, um, I think things have to be ready before that uh, uh, actual implementation can be can go ahead so so i think the message is uh, quite clear so uh, she had uh, um, passed that message you know to the authorities central authorities and i think they are aware of that and i think they will be working behind the scene you know to to make sure that things will be ready soon you know? that, that's so, a very interesting point professor because 
Um, why was there so much public speculation about this particular yeah. change and then it didn't come out? This, isn't this the sort of thing you talk about and agree first and then you announce it? You don't, well, you don't well, sort of say, I'm going up to ask for this. Whether you announce or not, people will be speculating on these things. Hmm. So, so, so I think uh, it's not, not, not really a matter of announcement, you know, you know because uh, uh, people are expecting that and there is so much demand, you know, for, for, for that. You know, but uh, before that can be implemented, first of all, you need to have, to have things uh, in really good order, you know, you know because uh, right now we still have these uh, uh, unidentified uh, source cases, you know, that, uh, that is a big concern you know, to, to, to the mainland. And, uh, of course, they, they are very risk-averse, you know, so, so, so I... I don't blame them, you know, but uh, uh, I think that just uh, uh, makes it clearer, you know, to Hong Kong authorities that they have to do a better job in controlling the, the epidemic. Do we need some very fast testing arrangements in, in each direction at the border? Uh, definitely. I, I think that is uh, really a uh, uh, necessary condition, you know, because... Uh, uh, um, after all, um, uh, there would be uh, sort of um, asymptomatic cases, you know, that uh, that 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 have to be tested um, um, before that they can be identified, you know, because uh, there are no symptoms, and so so uh, to play safe, you really do need those uh, facilities. Well, what do you think about the the discussion of um, you know Hong Kong's role in the five year plan and in the GBA and then further integration uh, into the into the mainland? Uh, I mean, I guess a, another argument would be that uh, in fact Hong Kong's uh, uniqueness, its uh, its uh, USP, uh, is its international uh, links, its international uh, connections, uh, and that if we integrate too closely and we follow too closely uh, the mainland, uh, we might lose our usefulness. Because yeah, that, would... that, that, of course, is uh, quite untrue. Um, actually, uh, our role is to um, uh, capitalize on those strengths that we already have and then uh, complement those uh, advantages uh, with uh, the uh, opportunities that are available to us, you know, through integrating with the GPA and uh, a closer relationship with the mainland economy uh, in many fronts. Uh, for example, uh, we have very strong um, uh, research. We have very good universities, and but we are very strong in uh, prime basic research, but uh, with basic research, it's not enough, you know, because we, we want to um, have more development and to be able to commercialize, you know. For, but but uh, uh, the no. point would be that what distinguishes Hong Kong from any other mainland city is its connections with, with the wider world. Exactly. Uh, it's fully integrated see, into the international community. You see, that is why, community. for example, uh, mm. for example, with this international internationalization of the RMB, you know, that is, of course, uh, a major policy objective for, for the, uh, the central government. And Hong Kong definitely has a, a huge role to play. And, and given its um, very excellent connections, you know, to uh, 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 other countries, 
and given that we have this uh, common law tradition, which is also um, uh, the primary uh, legal system, you know, in many um, you know, financial centres, and I think that gives us the advantage, you know, mm-hmm. because uh, we need to push that RMB uh, internationalisation by introducing much more RMB uh, denominated financial products. And, and I think we can do that only with collaborating with the mainland, with the GBA and so on. What was your overall impression of the chief executive's visit? Sorry? What was your overall impression of, of her visit? That it was successful, not successful? That it was pitched at the right level? I think, uh, um, I think it is su- successful. Yes, I think it is successful. And I think uh, uh, the, the, the reason why uh, the, um, uh, this uh, policy address was delayed was in order for her, you know, to be able to capitalize on the opportunities that may be offered, you know, through these uh, visits. And I'm pretty sure something, something is going to be uh, put into the open uh, before long, you know, because... Uh, uh, at the, uh, by the end of this month, we are going to have the policy address. So I guess you know. we'll find out. We'll uh, find out, yeah, we'll find out. And, and I'm pretty sure something will be in there that will reflect the, the fruits of that, uh, that, that, that visit. Uh, Whitman Hunt, going to going back to what you were saying before, uh, uh, and the sort of uh, the need for uh, what looser regulation, I guess, uh, in, in Hong Kong. Uh, again, isn't that uh, against Hong Kong's interests? Because our standing in the international community depends on us being a little bit more conservative, uh, being uh, uh, being predictable, and uh, operating strictly by the rules. I agree with all you said except the word conservative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, we we need to be more. You know, we we we're well well in line with the the world. And then, but if you look at what Singapore is doing, if you look at what the U.S. is doing, um, they have been losing up their regulation as well. You know, they're having this token, you know, uh, uh, this uh, uh, blockchain token, uh, digital asset. All these things are coming up. So. There's a race actually in the world. We all know fintech is coming. We all know the finance industry will probably be very different in five years' time. Now the thing is, who will be still in the lead, or will we become a name in history? So I just want to add one comment about just uh, when you talk about uh, with uh, Professor Ho. Um, if you read the words, it says integrating into the development of the GBA that and also there are some other documents that says it's a fine it's a you know in the in the in terms of economic development there's integration in terms of laws and regulations Xi Jinping said very clearly it's called um, connect the, he used the word uh, connect the regulations connect the laws that means it's not it's not going to be integrated, but it will be connected. Right. And I think that it's quite fair um, that what, we, you know, I always give the an analogy, you're driving on the left side of the road in Hong Kong, and you can't just move your car to the right side of the road over in, at the border. So then you need to build a bridge, right? So that when you end up, you're on the right side side. And there's a lot of these things happening. I mean, example in Shanghai, what we're doing is we're recognizing some of these 
um, licenses in Hong Kong in terms of, um, for example, engineers and architects and, and, and surveyors, they do not need to apply for a mainland license to operate in Shanghai. For example, we recognize the SFC uh, number nine licenses. So companies with that license can actually apply for a fund management license in Shenzhen. Uh, they still have to apply, but we kind of take that as a prerequisite. So if you have a number nine license from SFC Hong Kong, there's no need for a lot of other you know, scrutinization. So these are the things of what, I call, what we call regulatory connect. And I think that is important that we actually build that connection between Hong Kong and the mainland. Are we all going to have digital accounts with the Bank of China? Uh, you can have that already, right? But the thing is, of course, digital renminbi is still something under pilot. I think, and I think really Hong Kong needs to, you know, participate more. We have what we have, like uh, I don't, I never know how to when there's so many zeros. Uh, 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 six, sixty billion, or no, six hundred billion, six hundred billion. I think renminbi, offshore renminbi in Hong Kong. And, you know, can we take good use of that? Right now, it's sitting somewhere under a trade settlement account. If we can put some of those into, uh, you know, capital accounts and, and under digital uh, renminbi scheme, there will be a lot of more businesses uh, for Hong Kong. And for that matter, you know, we'll attract international business to Hong Kong for those people who want to participate in the digital currency area. Okay. Well, Whitman Hong, thank you very much indeed for joining us, an MPC deputy and uh, principal liaison officer with the Hong Kong Shenzhen Shanghai Authority, and uh, Ho Lok Sang. Professor uh, Ho, a Senior Research Fellow at the uh, Pan Sutong Shanghai Hong Kong Economic Policy Research Institute at Lingnan University. Linda Lee from City University joining us after the news at nine. Quick bit of traffic information, more problems on the Longchang Road once again, fast lane uh, towards uh, Kwai Chung, so that's uh, westbound near Chukyun Road, uh, closed to traffic, one lane closed there and uh, problems and congestion caused by that. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the American uh, election, the latest on that. Uh, before uh, the end of the programme today. The forecasts, it's going to be mainly fine and dry. Temperatures up to about 28 degrees. Uh, and the outlook, mainly fine and dry in the next few days. Slightly cooler in the morning and at night. 23 degrees now. Humidity is at 47%. With the United States breaking its own record nearly every day last week, there's also been an acceleration in the number of cases in Europe. It's now reported 12 million cases, making it the worst affected region in the world. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. Back chat this Monday morning with Mike Rouse and me, Hugh Chivert, and we're talking uh, first about the chief executive's visit to the uh, mainland over the past few days. This is ahead of the uh, policy address. She said she was going there to uh, put forward proposals on a range of subjects which needed further discussion so they could feature in that uh, policy address. This was the reason for the delay, uh, this visit. We're, we're talking about that and some uh, financial uh, matters and the questions of uh, innovation. We have have uh, MPC Deputy Whitman Hong, uh, Principal Liaison Officer with the Hong Kong Shenzhen Shanghai Authority. And we're also joined now by Professor Linda Lee, Professor of Political Science in the Department of Public Policy at City University. Later, we're also going to be talking about the US election uh, with Chris Exline, the former chair of uh, Republican Abroad, although he said he voted for, for Biden this time around. He's going to be joining us uh, later. Perhaps uh, we want things to are connected. Maybe they are, yeah. Uh, back to RTHK. HK is our email address, or you can call us on 233-88266 or comment on our Facebook page. We've got a few comments uh, on the uh, US election and uh, other issues, which we'll, we'll get to in a moment. Uh, but uh, Professor Lee, Linda Lee, good morning to you. Hi, morning. 
morning. Thank you so much indeed yeah. for, for joining us. Uh, what do you make of, uh, as, as a political scientist, what, what do you make of uh, the chief executive's visit and, and uh, what, was, uh, uh, what came out of it? Uh, well, I think, you know, the message from Beijing is very clear that uh, the Hong Kong needs to continue our uh, path that is uh, excelling in our unique um, institutions, okay? And then I think if this is an old... You know, this is a, a tool that we we have. Uh, you know, we, we know that that's, this is what we need to do, and I think there's no doubt about it. Um, I think the, the the way forward is, uh, you know, uh, you know, as we heard uh, Joe Biden uh, spoke. Okay, uh, he he spoke uh, yesterday, Hong Kong time morning, uh, that he talked about healing. Okay, after a very heavily contested uh, election. I think the same uh, cannot be applied more to Hong Kong. I still remember but clearly that the uh, chief executive, um, I think she very sincerely talked about uh, the need of reconciliation the, uh, when she first uh, became the chief executive a few years ago. And then when uh, the social unrest uh, broke out uh, last year, uh, somewhat unexpectedly, I think, uh, from, the, from the perspective of the government, um, that uh, she also talk about the need uh, to find the reasons, okay, the, the, the deep rooted and then why people were so unhappy. And then, um, and that's why, you know, um, uh, despite she did not uh, appoint a, an independent inquiry, uh, she tried to set up a special commission, although that didn't happen. Uh, but um, uh, funding were awarded to a number of projects at the uh, PICO office, okay, the, the Policy and uh, Innovation Coordination Office, uh, under her stewardship. And so I think the purpose of that uh, was uh, precisely to find out, um, to do independent research, you know, asking academics and researchers to, to find out the reasons. So I think, um, you know, uh, that is still an, a process uh, 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 yet to be completed. Uh, what I mean mm-hmm. is, is this a process of healing and reconciliation. I think if Hong Kong is to march forward, okay, uh, you know, uh, as expected uh, by our central leaders, uh, that we have to continue our previously successful path of, um, uh, you know, excelling in our whatever, you know, our edges and then supporting the country and then, of course, uh, promoting our own sustainable development. But obviously, you know, this, this process of, uh, uh, you know, working together with the, with the entire community and so the healing process must continue. Mm. Um, Do you think there will be enough yeah. concrete results from this visit to, to fill out a policy address? I think no doubt. Okay, no doubt. The central government. I think uh, they, 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 they might, you know, already have been working some proposals. Okay, I think. Uh, uh, but, but I, I, I think as we have heard uh, from from what what comes out from Beijing, what they look forward from Hong Kong is actually Hong Kong should roll up our sleeves, right, and then uh, do our work better. So we cannot rely on. Uh, uh, digital, I mean, uh, uh, benefits, okay, uh, uh, forthcoming from the north, uh, no matter how important they are, okay, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, they are unimportant, certainly they are, and we would uh, look forward to um, exp- uh, sometimes, you know, some, um, 
changes in policies or fine-tuning in arrangements, in, especially regarding how um, uh, Hong Kong can play a bigger role in the Greater Bay right. Area and in, in, the, in, the, in the rest of the country. Uh, uh, but I think the, the most important thing is for Hong Kong, I mean, for the government to, do, um, uh, to continue or to deepen or to speed right. up this process of healing. They're looking, for, I, they're I looking think, for us yeah. to do things rather than go yes. out there with a begging bowl. <laughs> exactly, exactly, of course. Who, who would like you to... You, you, you wouldn't want to, people to come to you with a begging bowl, right? You, you don't. Right. So uh, even though you are happy to help, put it that way, okay? Even though you are ready to help, but you expect the other party uh, to do the major part for their own sake, right? For so, themselves, so, yes. So, so that, 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 that is pretty clear. Um, so I really look forward because I see some... Uh, a bit some 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 developments, uh, you know, recent uh, developments in Hong Kong, which might not, uh, I, I would say, uh, is not going in that direction of healing. Um, so I, I obviously reconciliation is very difficult. Okay, it, it's not uh, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, but I think um, one thing the government can do is to avoid. Uh, Positive, I mean, uh, active actions. I mean, uh, that is the uh, actions that he, uh, the government initiated. They would deepen the wood, or expand the wood, or open new woods, or open old woods. Okay, and and because um, I think uh, that happened in the media, that happened in some uh, prosecutions. Um, so I think you know, um, I, I think it, you know, time should be better spent elsewhere. Yes, you you don't reconciliate and then arrest all the members of one side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, you know, just a few months ago, the government, and including the central government, emphasised the need that, oh, oh, this is not a good time to... Uh, we, we need more time to, to, to the society to, uh, to, to work together. And, and given all this COVID-19 and everything, okay, computation. So let's uh, defer the, the election, okay, legislative election for a year. So um, the main reason is basically uh, we why why we hurry for uh, contestation because in election obviously you have to point fingers at, at your opponents right because that that is the logic of an election. Uh, There's a zero sum game. Everybody competing for a limited number of seats. So okay, the rationale is okay. Let, let us cool down a little bit, right? <laughs> cool down a little bit, and then so let us defer and because the temperature is hot. So let 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 let. let, let Business as usual. Okay, everybody come back here. So that that's the that that's the rhetoric, right? That that's the that's the reasoning. So then, if that is the case, then obviously if we have really, you know, serious criminals there. If I discover that somebody is actually really a serious criminal, okay, uh, he or she kill a person or whatever, okay. Obviously, you know, the rule of law has to apply, right? But uh, but but if it is for, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, shouting. Um, uh, yes, all this kind. You know, I I would say you know uh, we 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 should have a uh, you know I I would have other considerations. Uh, okay. Wen Hung, what do, what do you make of this? Do you think the that underlying political problems have to be resolved, or do you think we can just um, carry on regardless? Well, I'm not a political scientist, and uh, obviously I have no role to play in the SAR government as well. Um, but of course, uh, if, if the political problem exists uh, prolonged and there's no trust, I mean, many things can't be done as very slowly. But I think trust, um, trust where trust between 
trust between uh, you know the government and part of the people, and uh, between one part of people and the other part of people. Trust between uh, people and you know the judiciary. It, it is we trust is takes a very long time to build, but it takes only a second to break. And unfortunately, I think that's been uh, you know breaking down here and there. Uh, I won't I won't be able to. Point the fingers at who should, needs to be blamed, but the fact is, I think we now acknowledge that the you know the, the 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 trust has been broken, and then we need to slowly rebuild it. Uh, I'm not very good at that, but I I think. Um, but just on that topic, uh, I I think we need to you know when we rebuild Hong Kong, we need to look at our core problems, and our core problems, you know, the underlying problems are not things that can be solved by the central government or, for that matter, GBA. So, Linda, I'm going to send you an article after this uh, I, that I wrote recently. Yeah, I, I, said, yeah. I said, um, you know, I wrote that we all know now, by now, that Shenzhen has been successful um, after 40 years. And it has been successful because it was reforming and opening up. And it was keep on reforming and opening up. Here in Hong Kong, we have a systematic complacency. We think everything is proven. We have a proven system. Huge just said, oh, we're conservative, then that's good. No, that is not good. We shouldn't be complacent about our system. And we need reform and open up. Okay, we always thought that that was Shen Zhen's job to do reform and open up. It's the Communist Party's job to do reform and open up. But here in Hong Kong, we are still very good at what we used to be good at 20 years ago. But that's nothing more. So we need to reform you know, our housing system, our education system, our ways of listening to our people, our ways of you know, engaging the public. We also need to open. We need to be all open in our medical industry, in our education industry. We need to be more open in the financial system, our regulatory bodies. There are many, many things. I don't think one policy address can, can address right. that, but we need to start to think about that. Whitman, Whitman that sounded like a pretty radical agenda to me. Yeah, I know, but but I'm not running running for the CE, so that's okay. I can just say whatever I want to say, right? <laughs> Freedom yeah, of speech. Yeah. Personally, do you agree? Yeah. Well, I certainly agree. You know, uh, what I just said is that um, you know I, I'm less less ambitious than we, uh, 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 than Richmond, in fact. Okay, because I know that the the checklist is so uh, tall and thick. You know, uh, it would overwhelm our government entirely. And then, then, so so I'd rather be prudent and, and realistic and, and ask them, you know, uh, you know, uh, at least, okay, don't do, don't do things that would uh, deepen the wood, okay? <laughs> so, right. so at least don't do things that would deepen the wood. So let people kill. And then uh, for active, active acts, you know, then, then do those things uh, that, uh, that uh, the society has pretty much um, uh, uh, brought a consensus. For instance, you know, we have been debating for uh, land, right, and and the need for uh, uh, more housing, you know, affordable housing, uh, uh, you know, for the society. So I think you know, um, uh, just 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 apply more more efforts, you know, to to execute, okay, the society mm. uh, consensus, and also, you know, okay, technology and and development. I mean, uh, education. Well, uh, forget about the political, more political aspects of education, okay, but uh, but focus more on the uh, more. Uh, uh, you know how 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 to how to improve uh, you know um, uh, technology and so and so forth you know and language okay right. uh, Professor Lee yeah. are we lacking vision as a community <laughs> as a government as a society where where's the big um, it, it, I, 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 
I wouldn't. I wouldn't say, and uh, everybody is uh, lacking ambition. But I think, you know, um, uh, certainly we can do better. Okay, uh, especially I think the government. Well, uh, uh, even though we we uh, many of us uh, would not want to have a uh, you know a, a huge government. Okay, in terms of size, because Hong Kong has used to uh, proud of ourselves of uh, a small government. Okay, relatively small government, but. All governments in the modern world, or even in the in the ancient world, are the are the are the most powerful and influential uh, uh, organization in any societies, right? So when 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 any society, even America, UK, okay, they they premise themselves of market economy and and importance of private sector, but always the government inevitably, and uh, it, it's. It's very important when we, when people think of oh we need change right mm. uh, and then the government needs to needs to lead the society and then uh, think about it and of course how to lead and how to engage with the society is an important art that uh, all of us need to learn to do better uh, and uh, uh, this learning is very steep in Hong Kong as I, I found out um, well I, I'm quite surprised to find out. <laughs> Uh, but uh, so at least um, uh, people should, um, you know, um, yeah, go. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I welcome more learning. Put it that way. Okay, uh, uh, yeah. off with, with a question for Whitman Hung. This is from uh, Matthew in an email uh, who says, the CCP representative on the programme said that regulation is important and, of course, the one-party CCP dictatorship who gave Ant the mandate to run this business has absolute control over regulation in China. They and their Hong Kong proxies also encouraged and promoted the listing of Ant here as the future for our city. However, given all this, it appears Whitman does not have a clear answer to the simple important question as to why the CCP cancelled it three days before the listing was scheduled over a cup of tea with Jack Ma. How could anyone have confidence in the CCP and Hong Kong if such a simple question can't be answered by a CCP representative? Mr Hong? Well, first of all, I'm not a representative of CCP. I'm a representative of Hong Kong to the deputy, um, as a deputy to the MPC. But... Uh, to answer a question that was a totally ungrounded acquisition, uh, I don't know how to answer it. First of all, it was not cancelled by the CCP. It was, you know, there was a meeting between the regulators and the controllers of Ant. And subsequently, the two exchanges, I don't know how, I didn't read the notes in Hong Kong because they, they came out later. The one in Shanghai says very clearly, because of this new meeting, uh, information they have provided in the IPO prospectus may no longer be valid because now they have a clear picture of what the regulatory framework is. Now, that meeting was held not between the CCP, it was between the regulators and the controllers of Ant. And then, and such, I mean, that in any, in any financial exchanges, you, I mean, I sit on the board of several listed companies. I mean, if, if something on a prospectus is untrue, as a director, I will be held responsible, right? I have to, we have to be very transparent. And therefore, in this particular case, the exchange in Shanghai, you know, stopped the IPO saying pending for more information. They didn't say perpetually uh, uh, cancel, but they said, okay, well, apparently this IPO is no longer valid because the prospectus, uh, some of the information needs to be, you know, reclassified. Okay, that's Whitman Hung's answer. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us, Mr. Hung. Uh, MPC Deputy Principal Liaison Officer with the Hong Kong Shenzhen Changhao Authorities. Thanks to Professor Linda Lee, uh, Professor of Political Science at the uh, City University. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, so,
the end of the final part of the programme today into the uh, US uh, election. Uh, Anton Narak says... Uh, given the clear result, despite the shenanigans of the incumbent, let us hope that liberty emerges from her hiding place. With her venture forth her sister's honesty and decency and her brother's dignity and decorum to enable the United States to be united and hold its head high as a democracy. Uh, Derek just says, uh, with regards to the US presidential election, oh, thank God. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Vic says Americans around the world will be feeling relieved after four years of moral constipation. This week, Indians around the world will be celebrating the Diwali, which symbolises the triumph of good over evil. With the defeat of Tantrum Trump, it's good to note that some values still prevail. Uh, I take this opportunity to wish the Backchat team and the entire staff of management at RTHK a very happy Diwali. We, the listeners, are well aware that RTHK is going through its own struggle, hoping in this case good will also continue to triumph over evil. Thank you very much indeed for those uh, best wishes, uh, Vic. Uh, joining us in our central studio now is uh, Chris Exline, uh, former chair of Republicans Abroad uh, in uh, Hong Kong. Uh, Chris, good morning to you. Kumbaya. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the uh, outpouring of emotion in those emails is just something that uh, kumbaya is the only word that comes to mind. There's a lot of very happy people in America and, of course, a lot of uh, uh, disappointed people uh, as well. And, frankly, it was pretty much 50-50, wasn't it, uh, when it came down to it? Uh, I don't uh, – no, actually, it, it's a decisive and clear victory for Joe Biden, both in the Electoral College and also in the popular vote. Um, but but what's amazing and what's so satisfying as an American is to see that there's no violence on the streets. All the prostications of protest and revolution and civil strife and unrest just didn't come to pass. Well, it didn't come to pass extremely. I mean, having a couple of arrests of armed people near one of the counting stations, I think. Well, and also people were praying. Uh, so <laughs> in Detroit, putting their, laying their hands upon the counters there. I, right. Again, you know, with everything that was predicted that could happen or would happen or should have happened, it's been extremely peaceful. And, and I, I think that you would take, instead of protest, I think we should label it as more passion. And th these were the two largest votes in American history. Both and the, the largest winner, turnout since the, 1900. The, yeah, the winner and the loser both sure. got more than anyone has ever got before. Yeah. So it's a dramatic example of participation. And it's, it, it testifies and evidences why the, the American democratic system is one that is, is looked to. Um, even if the past four years have, uh, have been difficult uh, to follow, um, you look at this election, you look at the way that Biden stood up and just assumed the mantle of the presidency and right. acting presidential. Um, it just is, is, I think the reason you're seeing so much positive emotion out there is there's just a huge sense of relief among all Americans. There's, there's something in uh, logic, and maybe I should flag it up so you can knock it down, <laughs> but there are queries about the way the election was conducted in certain states, but those states had Republican officials in charge, both the governor and the uh, secretary of state, whatever, um, and lower down Republicans at Senate level or, or House level, they were successful. And yet there's still a claim that there was shenanigans at the presidential level. That, does, that doesn't ring true. Well, if, if you want to uh, have a subject about logic, I think I'd leave that to Mr. Hung and his previous answer on why uh, Ant Financial didn't go public. Uh, but going back to more of American logic, what this shows is that this was actually a referendum on Donald Trump. 
you know, uh, like myself, uh, voting in, in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I voted for John Cornyn for Senate, who's a Republican, but yet voted for Joe Biden for the presidency. And that's why you're seeing so many of the uh, Senate races or the Republicans able to control and maintain control of the Senate. And the House was uh, – the Democrats lost a few seats in the House as right, well. Right, right. The Republicans – did, were very successful. Yeah. All and, except the top one. <laughs> well, I, I don't know what his golf score was on Saturday, so I, I don't know how successful he was. But the what, what you're looking at also is this uh, shift where uh, a Republican-controlled Senate was is actually a huge gift to Biden. Um, it will allow him to sort of neutralize uh, and marginalize the far-left component of his party. Because what, what the race gets down to now is who will be in Biden's cabinet, and that cabinet will actually shape policy. So when the progressives uh, were having much more sway in, in the vote getting and things like that, um, you would see the prospect of Elizabeth Warren being the treasury secretary. You would see the prospect of Susan Rice being secretary of state. Um, those simply won't pass a Republican Senate. Are you going to get one or two Republicans in his cabinet? Don't know. Uh, they would be token, uh, if anything. I mean, bringing Jeff Flake in from from Arizona for for a role like Secretary of the Interior. It, it's the only ones that really count are Secretary of the Treasury, Secretary of State, and then Secretary of Defense. That's it. Okay. Uh, on Facebook, uh, Victoria says, "If you look at the anomaly claimed by the Republicans regarding the mail-in ballots." I hope Trump now understands that it's precisely his complete mismanagement of COVID that has partly caused his presidency, the other cause being everyone is sick of his incessant rants and virtually non-existent uh, diplomacy. Let's talk about uh, Trump. Uh, still not conceding? What's, what do you make of what's going on there, Chris? I, I, th I think everybody understands that. I don't think anyone is surprised that Trump is yet to concede. Um, and with regards to shenanigans going on, I'm, every loser – uh, for the past 150 years has claimed that there's been shenanigans or uh, an election has been stolen or taken from them, all the way back to Andrew Jackson in 1824. One political leader said it was time for Trump to put on, and I love this phrase, to put on his big boy pants. <laughs> I think that was the mayor of Philadelphia. Right. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think comments like that are actually appropriate. I mean, he is he is the president of the United States and will be for 10 more weeks. Um, you know, I think that what we're seeing now is more of a, let's have a little bit more of deference to the dignity of the office. Well, and it's, it's something I hope Trump, right. Trump ignores. Exactly. He, he should be setting the example of that. He never has and he never will. I mean, I think what he's trying to do now is game out what's next for him. Does he take over the Rush Limbaugh show? Does he possibly get a, a work visa for Hong Kong uh, and come in and help you and you uh, do back chat? Ooh. Oh, please. <laughs> or, or will he be um, divorced, bankrupt in jail? Uh, I, if I, I would say I would pick choice A. Um, I, you know, I, I, this isn't really the appropriate venue, one. but, but I, right. I, I think, I think Melania, I have a lot of respect for Melania Trump. The fact that she didn't even come down for six months until she got the same type of deal for Barron, uh, the son as, uh, Ivanka, Eric and Donald Jr. have, I think is fantastic. Will he stand again? He may announce that he'll stand again, but I think what you're going to see is this is going to uh, play out like some type of Richard III or, or Greek tragedy where everybody – in fact, you're just seeing everybody just uh, ebb away from him, just kind of flow away from him. And once once he's out of power, uh, he'll, he'll have somewhat of a base, but it's just going you – know, What Ameri this is one of the beautiful things about being an American. Americans hate a sore loser, they, and, and the more he does this, the more he's going to be a sore loser. 
everything that he will try to pontificate or you know protest is just going to look like sour grapes and, and the Americans right. will tire of it very quickly. So if he wanted to help Ivanka or one of the other relatives for, for the future – his thing to do is to to be dignified and take it. Uh, th- those those kids have no base. Uh, you know, a Donald Trump. Let's remember, Donald Trump won based on a claim of being an outsider, a claim on draining the swamp, uh, a claim of being able to cut deals and do deals. None of his children um, have the ability to project that type of presence. Uh, what about Kamala Harris? Um, she gave a very powerful speech. Uh, do you think she's going to be uh, more active as vice president than, say, Pence? I, well, Pence has been quite active. But I think that uh, Kamala Harris – if you listen to Biden's speech, and I'm sure we all did or most of us did, it was telling. Every single thing in that speech was directed toward the domestic audience. There was not one reference to international affairs, China, the EU, Japan, nothing. Um, and when he did say, which was telling, and I'm going to answer your question, is that you know he said to the African African American community, "You were there for me. You never let me down. You always had my back, and I'll have yours." So I think that what Kamala Harris's role will be is to make sure that 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 base stays intact, stays engaged. And when we were on the show last time, I mean, look at Stacey Abrams. She's a clear winner, mobilizing Georgia. Uh, to come out and and flip that state for Biden, eight hundred thousand new registrations or something, you know, uh, amazing numbers. She'll she'll get a cabinet post. Okay. She should. Right. Well, Chris, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Chris Exline, former chair of uh, Republican Support. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Uh, some uh, comments. Uh, Matthew uh, responding to he asked a question for Whitman Hung. He says Matthew says in his response to my question regarding the last minute cancellation of the ant IPO by the party for opaque reasons, which he was unable to clarify, it appears Whitman was implying there are separations of powers in the mainland one party system. This is interesting given that we've been recently told by the sea and others that we don't have them in our Hong Kong system. So from uh, Matthew. Um, Thank you, Matthew. Uh, Bowen says, in the aftermath of Typhoon's Hato and Mancook, foreign experts pointed out that the window of opportunity to take action for any society in a similar situation would usually exist only in the immediate subsequent few years. We're nearing the end of that period, but signs don't look promising. The report of the government's consultants on coastal hazard uh, will apparently identify the problems but not cover the implementing of solutions or even propose solutions to the interests of an interesting party. A district councillor recently reported that propositions to build a breakwater or breakwaters off the coast of Heng Fai Chun had been stonewalled by the government without any indication or suggestions for a work of uh, al- a working alternative. Uh, it remains for the CE to prove to us in the coming policy address that on the issue of coastal resilience, she is personally resilient enough after last year's incidents to maintain the right priorities and mundane domestic matters which our society finds uh, acceptable. Kim says uh, about Friday's show about national security laws. Uh, this morning, your guests tried to convince listeners that Australia should be given free reign to have state power against its citizen because it's a free democracy. It's a cover routinely used by guests such as Michael Chigani and Fernando Chung because the real intention for these supporters of foreign forces to make excuses for national security laws for Western countries but to demonise similar laws for Hong Kong is to make it possible for Western governments to arrest anti-government individuals 
suspected of exerting foreign influence with absolute state power, but to make it impossible for Hong Kong to defend itself against the same. They want Hong Kong and China to descend into semi-colonies of the Western powers, as supporters of Western powers living in Hong Kong could benefit from having Western supporters voted into our legislature. And uh, uh, Maggie says, I am very supportive of the government's handling of the COVID crisis. They've prevented COVID becoming rampant. Uh, however, I'm concerned that the desire to achieve zero cases has led to the inhumane policy of separating very young children from their parents when the child tests positive. This has happened to several times to families arriving at the airport. This is traumatic for child and parents. Is there not a different way of dealing with this situation? For example, by allowing a parent to stay with the child, but providing PPE for the parent. Surely there must be some better way. That comes uh, from Maggie. Thank you very much indeed for uh, all your comments. We'll be back at 8.30 tomorrow. Uh, Mike, thank you very much what, indeed. What a heavyweight show. Goodness gracious me. Yeah, plenty to chew over. The weather before we go then, mainly fine. Dry during the day. Temperatures up to uh, 28 degrees, one or two light rain patches tonight. The outlook mainly fine and dry in the next few days. 24 degrees now. Humidity is at 50%. The Community Care Fund disperses a $10,000 allowance for new arrivals in low-income families. Persons from low-income families who are aged 18 or above and have settled in Hong Kong for less than seven years can apply. Phased application starts on September 27th. Online applications and paper form submissions are accepted for either direct payment to a sole name bank account or check payment. Application closes on December 31st, 2020. Visit the fund's website or call 3988-1810 to learn more. 34, the news with Samantha Butler. The former U.S. President George W. Bush has congratulated Joe Biden on his election victory. But other senior Republicans have refused to acknowledge the result of the ballot. President Trump has continued to question the integrity of the vote. Chinese state media have struck an optimistic tone in editorials reacting to Joe Biden's U.S. presidential election win, saying relations could be restored to a, greater, a state of greater predictability and could start with trade. But the state-backed Global Times acknowledged the United States was unlikely to ease pressure on issues such as Xinjiang and Hong Kong. Figures compiled by Johns Hopkins University in the U.S. show the number of coronavirus cases worldwide has passed 50 million. The United States still has the most recorded cases with India and Brazil in second and third place. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the University of Set and Costume Designer, great interpreter of Beethoven, as well as so shy, quiet, and retiring doggy council co founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is a really for adults, not really for kids. Good morning. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Hello. Decide what's happening behind the myth. Good morning. 